Good afternoon, and welcome back to Faith and You You, a podcast for everyone. My name is McKinley, and today is Valentine's Day. It is also Ash Wednesday in the Christian Church calendar. And if you've been following the news, you know that today is not really a happy day. As much as Valentine's Day is usually celebrated to be a happy day, um, today is not very happy with the news of the school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Uh, At least 17 people have been killed. A 19-year-old gunman is in custody. Apparently it was a bullying situation where the kid was expelled and got a gun, got his hands on a gun, and came back and killed a whole lot of people in a short amount of time. The videos are horrifying. The texts are terrifying. And it's just not a great day. Not a day, you never want to hear this happen, but on a day that has been commercialized to celebrate love and happiness and chocolate, I just, I can't imagine sending your child to school and not knowing if they'll come home. So I'm I'm pretty heart sick, uh, and I felt the need to write something and say something here, hopefully just to give a little insider perspective into what people like me feel when stuff like this happens based on where we come from what my family is like and what the the way I was raised so in West Texas I'm I'm a proud son of the Texas Panhandle I will live and die a proud son of the Texas Panhandle and I grew up with guns guns are part of my story, a part of my family's story, a part of my lifestyle, a part of our culture. And they have been for centuries. So my granddad was a cattle rancher and a cotton farmer in in the Texas Panhandle. And we had guns all the time. I learned to shoot a gun, honest to God, by the time I could walk, I was probably learning how to shoot a gun. A BB gun or a cap gun. It's just a part of life. You know, when you live out in the country like my grandparents did, there's coyotes, there's rattlesnakes, there's even mountain lions, they say. All these things that to protect your family and your livelihood, especially if you're a cattle rancher, those cows, that's your money. That's your your family's welfare. So to protect those kind of requires a gun, a rifle of some kind, a pistol of some kind. It's part of survival. It's part of everyday life. And when my grandfather passed away, one of the memories that I had of him was going out to shoot guns. We'd go out and we'd hunt bottles, is what we called it. We went out to this trash pit in this Caliche Canyon and set up bottles and used them as target practice. And that's some of my fondest memories are of my granddad and I sitting out there talking, shooting a twenty two rifle and, and breaking glass. And the first rule with granddad, the first rule, was you never point a gun at anyone. You always treat a gun like it's loaded, even if you know it's not, and you never point it at anyone. Because guns are designed to kill guns are designed to take life right the life of a rattlesnake the life of a coyote sure 
the life of a human being. They're designed to take life. So I recognize the hypocrisy of, of me and my family. We claim to be pro-life growing up, and that's a whole other story of what it means to be pro-life in West Texas. But it's hard to say that you are pro-life if you are also pro-gun. Because guns are not pro-life. So I'm sitting here trying to reconcile what I know and what I was taught about guns growing up. And I'm a gun owner. Because when my grandfather passed away, along with those memories of shooting guns with him, the stuff that he left in his will... Everything else is really vague and, like, probably not legal about what he left to his three children. But what he left to his grandsons is spelled out very explicitly. He divvied up his gun collection. And collection meaning guns that don't work anymore, that are kind of heirlooms, and then guns that we used growing up. And he separated them between his grandsons. Spelled out with the serial number, with the location, the description, what's broken on them. It was very explicit and very important to him that he passed down his firearms to his family. That that was a link back to our heritage, back to our ancestors. And I don't really know how to explain that to people who, who've never had a gun or never held a gun. And I, I get that. I totally understand if you are anti-gun and want to repeal the Second Amendment and you've never held a gun, I totally understand. I feel that way sometimes, too. So I'm trying to reconcile these memories I have and this love I have for the man who raised me with the horrible atrocities that you see in places like Parkland, Florida, and Orlando, Florida, and Columbine, Colorado, and Sandy Hook, Connecticut, and Las Vegas, Nevada and on and on and on and I get so frustrated with my family who still clings to guns Obama President Obama took a lot of flack a few years ago for saying people in central Pennsylvania aka Pennsylvania shout out to central Pennsylvania that they cling to their guns and religion and that was seen as really pejorative and maybe he did mean it that way but he's also not wrong. And the scary thing is that the religion that people cling to is guns in some ways. Right? Because the far right talks about the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. That a gun is the only thing that can protect you in this evil world where illegal aliens are out to kill you and kill your family that crime is all around you, that kind of fear-based mantra, that fear-based life system, where you think that guns are the only thing that can protect you. These are coming from people, for the most part, who claim to be Christians, who say, I put my faith in a greater power, a God that will protect me, a God who shows up in a book who protects people from floods and disease and natural disasters and from other people a God of love and protection no weapon formed on earth shall prosper against me but yet they say, we say I need a gun to be safe that's the only thing that can make me safe 
said, we have replaced God with guns. And so if you replace God with guns, you make guns the ultimate power in the universe, if that's what you build your life around, your safety around, then all you're going to do is worship those guns as idols. So the facts and the figures and the emotional appeal that we can say to folks on the far right to say, look, this is wild. Like, why can't we do something different? People literally can't hear that. People where I'm from, my family, they literally cannot hear that because guns are so wrapped up and entwined in their souls. We can't imagine life without them. That's how central they have become. People often ask me as a UU minister, well, but you identify as a Christian. Isn't that kind of mythological and antiquated? Like, how can you still really believe that? And my response is, I, I don't know what to say. I, I couldn't not believe if I tried. And I know the history, and I know the different theologies, and I've read Bart Ehrman books, and I've done the study and the word study, and I know. And yet, I've had the life experiences that I've had that points me towards this religion and this faith. And I couldn't not be a Christian if I tried. I can't imagine life without that as part of my identity. So I hear the words when people say things to me. And I totally respect people who are not Christian, who are of some other religion, who have no religion at all. But it's incredible to me to think of what my life would be like without it. So imagine if you take something that's so central to your identity, the most important thing in the world, what Paul Taylor calls your ultimate concern in life, and you make it into something like a gun. And if someone even talks about taking that away from you, if that's the only thing you have, the thing that gives your life meaning... And you might say, but McKinley, what, how can a gun give your life meaning? It's not just the gun, because remember, the gun is a symbol. The gun is wrapped up in the lifestyle and the culture and the history of everything else. Right? So if you take away the gun, people are going to feel like you're taking away their culture, their ancestors, their history. Right? If someone were trying to take away the memories of my grandfather, I'd freak out. I'd rebel, I'd conserve, I'd turn inwards, I'd become paranoid. I would want to cling to that as much as I could, because it's an integral part of my story. That's what we're dealing with. So it's not just that there are crazy people out there on the plains clinging to their guns and the religion. It's that there are people out there clinging to their religion and their guns, and their history, and their culture, and it's all the same thing. And I don't know that even people where I'm from realize what it means to be like that. I don't think we realize we've replaced God with guns. I don't think we realize that we literally can't hear what other people are saying to us. Because then our pride comes into play and we get defensive and we don't want to hear what other people say. We think, oh, they're just putting us down. They think we're dumb rednecks. 
and we conserve, we turn inward. We reverberate in the echo chamber that is West Texas and tell one another we're not responsible for this. It's not our fault. We're not responsible. We didn't pull the trigger. And friends, I have to be honest, that's another form of cowardice. To say that you are not responsible because it's more convenient, because it makes you feel better, when deep down you know that actually you are a little bit complicit and a little bit responsible, to shy away from that, to turn inward, to conserve, to not face the outside, is to be a coward. It's born out of fear, just that same fear that says, you know what will make me safe in this random and chaotic world is a gun. We're on a hunk of rock speeding through space at God knows how many millions of miles per hour, held in orbit by some magical force of gravitational waves to keep from plowing into a superheated supernova plasma star. We could be burst into the fragments of the universe by an asteroid at any moment, right? We're not safe. No part of life is safe. A gun doesn't make you safer, right? Money doesn't make you safer. We think these things, but they're not true. And the big one for people where I'm from is that a gun will make you safer. No, a gun doesn't make you safer. A gun makes you think you're safer. Because a gun lies to you. A gun lies that this is what you need. Because a gun is like alcohol. A gun is like a sports car. Here's what I mean. When you start to drink, don't you feel like you're a little bit more capable? You're a little bit smoother? A little bit more fun? A little bit better looking? Hello, beer goggles. But alcohol will lie to you, won't it? If you get behind the wheel of a car, a sports car, say, or a giant truck, you get in and it makes you feel powerful. Makes you feel tough, strong, invincible. Gives you a rush. Right? We see this with road rage. You get a dainty old grandmother behind the wheel of a car and she can change her personality. Literally. Her brain can start functioning in a different way when she gets behind the wheel of a car. She can engage in road rage. You see people who you would never expect flip people off in traffic, cut people off, try and run people over. Why? You get them out of the car and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I was doing. Because when you put someone in that position of power, give them something that lies to them and says, you can do this. You're tough. You're strong. You don't have to take crap from anybody. Not here. Getting behind the wheel of that car will lie to you. Picking up a semi-automatic rifle, loading it up with 30 rounds of ammunition, saying, no one can touch me. I'll show them. This will keep me safe. This will teach them a lesson. Guns will lie to you. It changes the chemistry in your brain when you pick up a gun. It makes you feel stronger. It makes you feel safer. It makes you feel invincible, like you have control over the entire universe. In short, it puts you in the position of God. So not only do you put guns in the position of your ultimate concern, but you put yourself 
you worship the idol that is a Glock 9mm, that is a 6 hour, that is an AR-15, and you put yourself with it in the middle of the universe and say, this is what it's all about. Now I'm safe. Now I have control. You've abandoned God at that point. You've abandoned your pro-life mentality. You've abandoned your faith system. You've abandoned your history, your culture, everything that tethers you to the ground, that makes you mortal. Today is Valentine's Day. Today is also Ash Wednesday, a holiday in the Christian calendar when we impose ashes on our forehead and offer the words from the book of Genesis that says, You are but dust, and to dust you shall return. You are but ash. You are but stardust, formed in the belly of a supernova, blasted through space, miraculously built into the flesh and blood that you are now. Living, breathing, a human being. But that is all you are. You are not a god. You are not in control of the universe. You are not the ultimate concern. And there is nothing you can do to change that. Not drinking too much alcohol, not getting behind the wheel of a big pickup, and sure as hell not picking up a gun. That doesn't give you control. That doesn't give you safety. All it does is lie to you. It lies to you, and it turns you into a coward. Because cowards run from problems. They don't turn to look the problem in the face and say, you know what the problem here is? The problem is me. I'm the hypocrite. I'm the one who can't hear what other people are saying because I don't want to look at myself in the mirror and think, you know what? My way of living might not be right after all. That is so freaking scary for people like me. To be so confident in ourselves because that's the kind of confidence that has kept our people alive in the harsh frontier That's what kept white folks alive in the frontier, was this strict reliance upon themselves, putting their faith in God to see them through, and their own ability to pick themselves up by their own bootstraps. And just like alcohol and trucks and guns, that's a lie. And it's okay to admit that some of it is based on a lie. Because really, there's no way we could have known any different. With the way that history works, with the way that humanity is, we're not perfect. We are but dust, and to dust we shall return. We're not God. We probably couldn't have foreseen this. And it's not my fault, it's not my cousin's fault, it's not my uncle's fault that we cling to guns and religion. But it is the truth. And we have to acknowledge that. Look in the mirror and stare our souls down and say, I am the problem here. And if I am the problem here, then I can be part of the solution. And I wish I could tell you I knew what the solution is. Repealing the Second Amendment, maybe. Banning gun manufacturers, maybe. Maybe it takes a lot of things. It's probably going to take a long time. But I know to sit back and do nothing because it's more easy 
it's more comfortable and it keeps us from feeling like we're responsible it makes me a coward it makes us cowards and I don't want to be a coward I talk often that I believe in courage and I believe in bravery and I believe in love and I believe that love is the most powerful force in the universe it is more powerful than fear it is more powerful than alcohol it is more powerful than trucks it is more powerful than guns that lie to you love is my ultimate concern that's where I put my faith that love can figure this out if we are willing to stare ourselves down and say yeah we got a problem and the problem is me and if we start with us talking with each other not yelling at each other over Facebook or Twitter but talking about what it means to be more human how it feels to have to cling to guns and religion because you feel like the world is passing you by because of the educational gap because of the power imbalance because of massive wealth inequality all these things are tied together it's why people where I'm from cling to guns to give them some sense of control because it is scary as hell to see the world passing you by especially when the fondest memories you have are of a world that seems a little different if those are going to be taken away from you it makes all the sense in the world that you'll conserve, you'll turn inward, you'll give in to fear. So friends, may we not give in to fear. May we start to exercise our imagination. Because love is the engine of joy in the universe, says Rob Bell. And imagination is the grease that makes it all go. And to say that we can't stop mass shootings is nothing more than cowardice and a lack of of god dang imagination so if we are the America we say we are if we are the greatest country in the world if we are the country that put humans on the moon is willing to send rocket ships to the stars is willing to find cures for diseases we can do all those things but we can't figure this out I refuse to believe that the only thing we lack is imagination so by all means, grieve with me. Cry with me over the loss of life. Write your senators. Call your congressional offices. Organize. Vote in progressive liberals who understand their social location and understand what it means to organize and fight the good fight for things that promote life. I am all for that. But just remember that people on the other side of the aisle are so scared they don't know what to do. They're just as scared as you, and they're just as angry at you. Not at you, as you. <laughs> they are just as angry as you. They just don't know what to do with it, because it's that fear and anger that have been keeping them alive, so they think. They've been turning them inwards. And it's going to take a lot of help and a lot of grace and a lot of togetherness to get people to turn outward, to not conserve. And we can only do that together. Reach out to someone, talk to someone, ask for them to tell you a story. Listen to that story. And then help them find the courage in themselves to turn out and to say, you know what, I am the problem.
and I don't want to be a coward anymore. Encourage them to use their imagination and you use yours. And if we all get together with our beautiful, brilliant, imaginative souls as a country, as a nation, as a world, y'all, there is no problem we can't solve. Instead of putting guns and lies and fear as our ultimate concern, let's put love and faith and God and us in the middle. And if that's what we're all working from, there is no telling where we're headed to. And it's all up from here. It's all love from here. That is my hope and my prayer for us in this season of Lent on this horrible Valentine's Day that we work through the grief, that we cry tears of pain, and that when those tears of pain turn to righteous anger, we focus that in the right direction and get the love and the joy that is the engine of the universe moving along that moral arc that bends towards justice. And friends, I hope we get there one day, sooner rather than later. May we all be a part of this work. May we all do it together. May we all support one another on the way. Because it's going to be long. It's not going to be easy. But it is going to be worth it. Amen. For more information on McKinley and his ministry, you can check out the website uuministry.com backslash McKinley Sims that's uuministry.com backslash McKinley Sims